Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. Hopefully, you will find the next few minutes challenging and refreshing as we consider together how God is asking us to respond to His grace. If you are listening because you are unable to join us at our physical location, thank you for keeping in step with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. If you are joining us from outside of Anchorage, then please drop us a line and let us know where you are listening in from. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Actually, Johanna gave me some really good feedback last time I was up here. Uh, She told me that I maybe took like one too many jabs at Levi last time I was up here. And if you don't know Levi, if this is your first week here, he's a lot older than me. He's a lot balder than me. And so I'm just going to get out of the way right, right off the bat. We're going to do it one time. I'm just going to throw him under the bus, and then, and then we'll get past it, and I won't come back to it. I promise, Johanna. So uh, he approached me about a month ago, and he asked, hey, I'm going to be uh, gone on October 13th. Would you mind preaching? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do it. What would you like me to preach on? And he said, I'll let you know as we get a little bit closer. And we got a little bit closer, and so I asked him again. I said, hey, you know, what, what would you like me to preach on? And he said, yeah, you know, uh, y- you figure it out. Like, I, I trust you. I don't know if he was just annoyed that I kept asking him or if he really does trust me a little bit, but it was a moment of trust, and I, I hated him for it. And uh, because last time he said, you know, David and Goliath, and I said, oh, I can do David and Goliath. I know that story. That's an easy one. And uh, he even gave me a book to read last time, and this time he gave me nothing. And then so that last Wednesday, I asked him one more time. I said, hey, what would you like me to preach on? And he said, you know, man, just, just go for it. And I said, nope, I'm not accepting that. Give me something. And so he said, I'll let you know by the end of the night. And the end of the night rolled around, and he gave me nothing still. And I got food poisoning for the first time in my entire life that night. And... I'm not going to go into details because it gets pretty gory, but I, I was bundled up. I had a sleeping bag on and, a, and my blanket over that, and I had my space heater cranked up to 11, and it was like on top of me, and I was chattering. I, I couldn't sleep. I, I was in bed by 9 o'clock, with it, which if you guys know me, that's ridiculous for me, and so I was, I, I was chattering until maybe 2, 2.30 a.m., and I, I decided I finally need to pray, and so I prayed, and I was just asking for stillness so that I could get some rest. And so I was, I, I, as I prayed, I stilled, and my, my, I stopped shaking so much. My teeth stopped chattering, and I was able to go to sleep for about an hour and a half. And I woke up at 4 a.m., and I was on fire, just like, I was, I ripped off all my layers, and, but I was wide awake, and my fever was like kind of broken, and I pulled out my voice recorder on my phone, and I recorded maybe like 20 minutes of what I thought at the time was just this beautiful sermon for you guys. And so <laughs> I woke up in the morning and I was so excited. And Johanna brought me some Gatorade and, she, and I told her, I was like, man, God put this message on my heart last night. It was incredible. And, uh, and then I listened to it and it was this fever brain scattered everywhere. None of it made sense. But I was able to pick it apart and sort of uh, piece together something for you guys today because when there's a message on your heart, who am I to say that it's wrong? So if you can't tell, we're going to go a lot of places today, and I'm blaming it on my fever brain, but I'll bring it back around in the end because uh, there, there was some nuggets in there. There was some good stuff in there. But I'm going to start here. Uh, 
If you guys don't know, we started up our small groups already. We tell you about it every week. And if you're not in one, it's, it's an incredible way to get plugged in. It really is great. And we've been working through the book of James. And in last week or two weeks ago, we worked through our, our third session in James. And there, we're watching these really great videos by Francis Chan. They're incredible. So even if you don't join a small group, you should still hunt down these videos. They're really great. And, uh, and if you haven't watched any of them or if you haven't joined a small group yet, this is going to be a spoiler alert for you guys, but the book is way better than the movie, so I, I encourage you to read the book of James at some point in your life. But anyways, I'm going to highlight this section that resonated with me from two weeks ago. And more specifically, we're going to hone in on just a, a small section of it, but it comes from James chapter 1 in verse 19. Um, and it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And like I said, I'm just going to hone in on on just a small section, and I'm just going to be focusing mostly on that middle section today, that quick to listen, slow to speak. And I know you guys have sat through about 20 minutes of me up here talking about how we should listen better and and the benefit of of listening uh, specifically for others. Uh, you know, I talked about setting up those free conversation booths around town and just sitting down and, and, and listening to people and how great it can be to be uh, an ear for those who need, who need to get something off of their chest, how, how it valuable it can be to just be there for someone. But today I'm going to be talking about the benefits that come from us listening to others, not just the benefits that we provide to others by giving them the time and by listening. Because you see, just a mere two verses later in James verse, uh, James chapter 1, verse 21, I already lost my page. There we go. Uh, we read, therefore, uh, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The word is already planted within us. We know that as we read through the Bible, but that's just the beginning of the conversation. I realized lately that I, I, I pray in a pretty flawed manner, and this, this goes back to discipleship. Someone was able to tell me when I prayed with them that, hey, man, you're kind of messing that up a little bit. And I was like, what? Because I was praying the way that I was taught to pray. You know, I open up, and I, and I, I thank God. I lift him up. I, you know, I call him Father, and I'm just so thankful for the work that he's doing in my life and the lives of those around me. And what a beautiful thing it is. You know, we have this book, and there's so many lessons and so many so many topics that we can dive into, but yet we can still sync up on Sunday mornings because Krista shared a beautiful message there in the middle that's just going to go hand in hand with what we're talking about today. But I realized that I was doing a great job in that first section. I was really good at at lifting him up and, and thanking him for the things that were going on around me. But then I quickly moved into my next section, which was my asks and that's not a negative thing either. We're, you know, there, there's something beautiful about asking God for things. But I realized that I was doing it in a, in a pretty flawed manner. And I had never noticed. I'd been doing it for uh, quite a while at this point in time. When someone pointed it out to me, um, I, I, I would move into my asks. And the way that I would phrase them, I would say, I'd ask God to join me in my work. I would ask him to, to come alongside me and to, uh, to guide me, and, and, and I'd ask him to walk alongside me, and I'd ask him to, to prepare the path before me, and these are all great asks, but the way that I was phrasing him is I was inviting him into my work. I was inviting him into my world instead of asking him to guide me to his path, instead of asking uh, that I could be a tool to be used in his work, 
And it's such a subtle, subtle shift. But, I, but once you start to change that, your whole conversation with the Lord can change so much. Um, just the way that I was phrasing those terms. But the last part that I realized was that I wasn't giving any space at all for silence. I wasn't giving any space for, for God to move in my heart. Um, and, and I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking about kind of when we're talking with someone who's texting. This is a pet peeve of mine, and I know I'm really guilty of it as well. But when we're speaking with someone who's texting and their attention is divided, oftentimes uh, they'll, we'll be pouring our heart out and we'll get hit back with an uh-huh. Like, they're, they're not quite there, you know. And I realized that I was sort of doing this in my prayer life as well. I would come to God so welled up with distractions and, and motives that if he was to say anything back to me, I would probably just hit him with an, uh-huh, let me get back to what I was talking about. Let me get back to my motives. Um, because I believe that that first verse that we read in James chapter 1, verse 19, it doesn't just refer to our, our human-to-human relationships. It, just, it doesn't just refer to uh, being slow to speak and, and quick to listen when we're in conversation with others, but I believe it also refers to our prayer life that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen when we're in conversation with the Lord. Um, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes this in a really beautiful way. He says that just as love begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for brethren is listening to them. And I might have shared this with you guys before. This is another story that we're going to dive into, and I've gotten a lot of mileage out of this one, so if you've heard it, I apologize. But it's a good one, and that's why I keep sharing it. And it comes from my buddy Scott Spooner, really awesome guy, and this was one of my first weeks at Young Life. And if you guys aren't familiar with Young Life, it's this uh, high school age ministry where we go to where kids are, uh, we, we show up, we earn the right to be heard uh, just by starting with listening. You know, we're listening for ways to serve, we're listening for ways that we can hang out, but more importantly, we're listening for, for details, and we're listening for what's going on in our students' lives, and we're listening for ways that we can display uh, value back to them. We can, we're listening for ways that we can show that they're important. And this isn't just something that works in high schoolers or middle schoolers. This is something that works with humans. You know, when, when we're shown that uh, what we're saying is valuable, when we're shown that people are listening, it's such a beautiful way to connect. So I showed up. This was one of my first weeks at Young Life. And we were working through a book, and we broke out in our small groups and I go along with Scott and his group, and he's kind of taking me under his wing for the night. And uh, he has this great group of, of high school boys, and they were asking these questions in this small group. They were throwing out all these beautiful questions. They were prompting all these conversations. And I was eating it up. I was loving it. They were, they were just like setting me up, and I was knocking them out of the park just nonstop. And I, I was on fire, and I was... I was killing it. And I was so excited that I was able to, to preach love and, and, and answer these questions, these deep philosophical questions that these boys were asking. And so at the end of the night, I, I walked over to Scott and I said, man, that was awesome. I was like riding this high. I was like, man, we did so good in there. We killed it. And, uh, and I said, how did I do? And he goes, I was expecting this pat on the back. And he goes, man, you did so good. You got to shut up in there though. And I was like, what? Uh, you know, I'm the leader. I'm there to answer these questions. They had all these beautiful questions. And he said, I know, but God moves in the silence, man. God stirs hearts in the silence. And it was this great reminder that I don't have to have the answers to the questions. I just have to be present. And, uh, and every year we take, we take this group of students to camp. And 
I love going to camp every year. It's, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite times of the year. And we, one of my favorite things that we do is we have a 15-minute camp-wide silence. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to sit still for 15 minutes. It's really difficult. And it's even more difficult when you have like hundreds of students around you that are trying not to giggle, that are trying not to talk to their camp crush. It's so hard, and you're sitting there, and you're staring up at the sky. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes it's during the day. It's, it's this really beautiful experience, though, and you don't know what's going on in the hearts of those around you. You don't know what people are dealing with. You don't know what they're processing through. Uh, but it's, it's difficult, and it's even difficult for me. And so when we go back to our cabins, we walk silently back to our cabins, and we get a chance to sit down, and we get a chance to talk about you know, what happened while we were out there. What do we, what do we have these conversations about? What was going on in our hearts? And usually it's like, man, it was really difficult. This kid kept farting near me, and everyone was laughing. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. I heard him too. And, and uh, you know, every now and then you'll get a student that'll be like, it was really great. And I had a, had a student one year that told me, hey, it was, it was incredible. I got to spend some time with Jesus. I felt his warmth. I felt his love around me. And I began to cry. And they were tears of joy. And this week, I was, I was cleaning off my desk after my fever had broken. I was cleaning off my desk, and I found this note from that same student. It said, now I love the silence. And there's so much noise around us on a daily basis. Uh, I went to London earlier this year with Willie Dalton, who's out in the back in the tech booth. And uh, I, we got onto the train for the first time. And these, the rails were screeching, and people had to yell to just hear the person sitting next to them. And I, it, it ate my brain up. I couldn't focus on anything. So the next time, I had to keep wearing these noise-canceling headphones. And it made me really conscious for a month or two of just like all the noise pollution that was around me at all times, all the things that were filling up the silence around me, you know, whether it's conversations or even, even in my own spare time when I'm free, I'm often filling it up with Spotify or podcasts or just anything that will fill up the silence around me. I don't love to find myself in the silence. But it, this, this time in London, it made me really conscious of those silent moments. I started to seek them out. Um, it made me value the silence around me so much more. And in this busy world that we live in, like, where can we even find silence anymore? Where do we find silence? Um, and I will always remember the first time that I found it. I was 16 years old. I was, uh, my friends kept bugging me to come to, to a youth group. And uh, I didn't know what a youth group was. I just knew that I didn't want to be a part of it. Oh, perfect, yes. That was me at 16 years old. Ladies, keep it down, please. Um, yeah, I, I had no clue what a youth group was. Uh, I didn't know anything about the church. Uh, I didn't know what they stood for. I thought I knew what they stood against, but I wasn't totally sure. And so that's me at 16. I was a skate rat. My identity was rooted in skateboarding, my friends, my jokes, whatever. Uh, I didn't think it was prime church material, which while we're on this and we're talking about the message of being slow to speak and quick to listen, I just want to reiterate real quickly about this kid that's sitting right there because I didn't know anything about the church, and I did not come to the church because of what I believed. That had nothing to do with it. I didn't come to the church because of what I thought the church would believe about me. And that's t- So next time you're in a conversation with someone who's not part of our 
our church family or isn't part of their own church family, just keep that in mind. Um, but this 16-year-old, he went out on a hike with some friends. One of those friends is in the audience right now. And we went up Mount Baldy, and uh, I went up to the top by myself, and I found this little ledge to sit down on. And I was sitting on this ledge, and I was dangling my feet over this big drop. And uh, I realized I'd never been in the wilderness alone by myself. And I'm sitting up there, and there's this immense quiet. It's, it's overwhelming. And, and you know, if you've experienced this, your senses start to pick up other stuff. When you're not so bogged down with all these noises around, you start to smell things differently. You start to just pick up more things around you. You notice the rhythm of your heartbeat. It, and it was this really beautiful moment that I felt immensely thankful for. And I knew I needed to say thanks for it. And I didn't know how that started. I didn't know what it meant to say thanks, especially for the silence. Um, but I bowed my head and I decided to pray. And I never prayed before. But I, I just said, dear God, thank you. And as I did that, there was this wind that picked up through that valley and it almost swept me off my feet or off my ledge. And uh, there were some wolves or some dogs down below that broke the silence. And, uh, and it felt like it was this pat on the back. So the next week, I took the invite to go to that church group. And uh, I've been stuck at this church ever since. But uh, <laughs> I started reading these stories about how uh, the world worked, and it was totally contradictory to how I thought the world worked up until that point. And one of the things that was really confusing to me is I kept reading about people hearing from God, which I had no clue what that even meant at the time. Like, what does it mean to hear from God? And, and people spending time with God, which I didn't understand what that meant either. Uh, and so I began to wonder, wonder what it would look like when I was reading these stories where people were finding a new identity in God, and my kids, my middle schoolers sitting in the audience right now are so sick of this, they've heard this story. Um, but but I, I started to, to read these stories about what it meant to find a new identity in God, and, and so I, I would pray each week that God would give me a new identity, that I'd be able to shed my old identity. He would give me a new name. Because that's what I kept reading about, these guys getting new names, people spending time with Christ and getting new names. And so I just kept praying to give me a new name that would fit my new identity. And uh, I just kept coming back to my name, which is Michael. And I know all of you guys know me as Mikey. And I don't ever plan to go by Michael, so don't, don't get any ideas. I don't want to go by Michael. Don't do it. Um, that's for, like, my sixth grade teacher. is like the only person who calls me Michael. Um, but... I, I, I kept reading it. I, I kept coming across my name again and again. And so I decided I needed to, to know what my old identity meant before I shed it. And so I Googled it. What does Michael mean? And what I came across was, let me read this so I get it right. Um, Michael was uh, he who was like God or he who was close to God in some translations. And I looked up Huff, my last name, and it meant man of the mountain or man who dwells on hills. And I realized in that moment that my name was my testimony, my name was my identity, that I was this man who felt close to God uh, when I was on top of that mountain, when I was shrouded in silence. And now, I know listening to this, some of us are new in our walks, some of us have been coming to church since we were children, and still that idea of hearing from God can be a pretty weird topic because um, sometimes, you know, we hear people say, oh, I heard from God. God spoke to me, and we don't get any follow-up to that. We don't get any explanation as to what that means. I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience before of, like, having a conversation with some believers, or maybe there's some non-believers shuffled in there, and, and you hear someone say, man, I heard from God. You know, God spoke to me, and he, he told me that I, I should take that job. I should have that experience. 
And then you get that follow-up from that person who's a non-believer who's just like, hey, you know when Stephen mentioned like he heard from God, like was he talking? Was it audible? Like, and you have to like backtrack like, oh man, I don't know. Everyone's relationship with God's a little different. I wasn't there. Like it could have been. I don't know. I'll follow up with him. And <laughs> I know I was really worried early in my, in my walk that I wasn't hearing from God audibly. Uh, and that can be discouraging. That can be pretty confusing. Um, so I think, how do we, how do we rephrase this, this idea of that I, I heard from God uh, in a way that can make a little bit more sense? Do we say, I might have heard from God? Like, I'm going to live this out for a few months and see if this was from God, if this was a message, um, if, see if this really was God moving in my heart. Um, because I don't know, this is another prayer flaw that I came across recently. I often come to God already having made up his mind for him. Has anyone ever done this before? This is like something I do pretty often, I feel like. I'm like, hey, God, man, I got it figured out. I know we talked about this before. I got it figured out. Uh, I already thought of A, B, and C. Like, we've got this dialed in. Uh, don't worry about it, man. I've, I've got it figured out. Uh, that's the woman for me. That's the job I need. That's the move I need to make. And you try to make up his mind for him. Um, you're asking him to bend his will to look a little bit more like yours instead of praying as the Lord's Prayer reads that, that his will be done. Um, because what does it look like uh, for me uh, when I come to God with these prayers and I tell him, hey man, I've got this figured out. I've got these rose-colored glasses on. I, I see this through. I see only the positive in it. I see uh, I'm in this cupcake phase with this prayer where everything's going good. I, I will ignore all the red flags to it. If any of my exes are listening on Facebook, they know exactly what I'm talking about, ignoring red flags, uh, moving full steam ahead. And at this point, everything is a sign from God. Like anything can be a sign from God when I'm trying to convince them of something. I don't know. It's, it's sometimes easier to see this in others. Like you might have that friend who like will see a dog and reminds him of his ex, and he's like, that's a sign from God. I got to get back with her. Uh, anything can look like a sign from God when you're forcing it, you know? That's uh, why we need to guard ourselves. That's why we need things like discipleship and small groups. That's why we need accountability. Um, if you feel like you aren't hearing from God, remember that we, we have his word planted in us. That's what I read early on. But we also have his written word that we can turn to at any time. Um, even just a few verses earlier in James 1. Uh, let's see if I can actually find the right one. James 1. Uh, verse 16, it says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. It's a reminder when something is from God, there is no question. When something is from God, it is pure. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering, why haven't I heard from God? Why isn't he showing himself to me? Um, I hear people talking about it. I've fallen trapped to this before. I I hear people say, you know, God spoke to me. Uh, and, and as Christians, we can be really quick to say that before we started to live it out, uh, before we've seen if it is truly of God. And I just want to remind you that very seldom in the Bible do we see God showing himself to someone while they're at breakfast or while they're at Nordstrom's and telling them, hey, don't buy that jacket. Uh, oftentimes when God shows up to people, it's in that last moment. It, it was in the moment of desperation. It was in the moment, it was in the final hour. Uh, the presence of God is often in the place of risk. Uh, you may have been like me and you've prayed before, uh, Father, I believe, I believe, you know, just, just show yourself to me. Just show yourself, you know, flicker the lights. 
and I'll never, I'll never sin again. Can anyone in here honestly say they never prayed that as a kid at least once? Like, flicker the lights, shut these lights off, and I swear uh, I will never argue with my parents again. I will, never, I will never sin again. And we can get frustrated in that. It's a very frustrating thing. Um, why won't you show yourself to me, Father? Show yourself to me as, as you did to Elijah, you know? Uh, show yourself to me, and I promise I will never waver again. Just flicker these lights and, and I have to remind myself that Elijah was on top of Mount Carmel, surrounded by prophets of Baal who were ready to just chop his head off. And I've been praying alone in my bedroom for like four minutes. There's, like, there's an imbalance there. There's a little bit of a difference there. Um, and we see, you know, even in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when, when, when he, they're cast into the fire, uh, and, and the king looks down on them, and he said, I threw three men into this fire. Who's the fourth one among them? It's in those moments that the Lord shows up. Um, we see the, the Lord show up the most in the Bible when, when people step out in their faith, when they're doing great things in his name. And I'm sorry I'm opening up such a big can of worms right at the end of this talk that was about silence and being quiet. I know we've gone pretty far, and it's not my intention for you guys to come this Sunday morning and just be filled up, and then you can go out in your week and deplete yourself and come back next Sunday. I want you guys to question these things. I want you to have to dive deeper. I want you to feel thirst for the word so that you may step out into faith, step into this place of risk, uh, so that you may feel the presence of the Lord. You know, we're not called to sit in comfy chairs, um, and I have some pretty comfy chairs in my house. And, and I know I've gone so far from where we started, and I feel convicted by that. But I, I promise you that it all starts from this place of silence, it starts from listening with the same passion to others that, that we want to be heard with. Um, it starts from listening for oppor- opportunities to serve. Uh, it starts from listening for opportunities to love better. Uh, it starts as Philippians 2, verse 3 reads, Be humble, value others more than yourselves. And when we do that, our, our words become a little less valuable, and we start to listen a little bit more. Um, when we heed the warnings of Proverbs 18, verse 2, verse 2, that fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. Uh, you know, we don't start our spiritual walk on top of Mount Carmel. Like, that's not where it starts for us. It, it often starts in those four-minute conversations alone in our bedrooms. Um, and maybe that's where it starts for you today. Maybe it starts by thinking of prayer as, as a conversation with the Father, uh, think of it as kneeling down at the feet of the Father. Uh, when you're at the feet of the Father at the pearly gates, you're not going to be wanting to fill those spaces of silence with your own words. You're going to be waiting on bated breath for every word that he has to say. And why should it be any different here on earth? Are our words so important that they should be drowning out that of the Father's? And I, I'd like to invite the, the the worship team back up to close out, but uh, as I'm finishing up here, are we, are we living as if we believe in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, as it reads, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I'd like, I'd like to close this in prayer real quick. Dear Father, I just pray that as this week goes on, that we just hunger for your word, that we find no fulfillment in, in the in the bread of this earth, Father, but that we turn and we look for your word and we hunger for it, Father, that we thirst for for your guidance, Father, that we show up diligently and faithfully in silence, Father, that we would feel comfortable in your presence in the silence, Father. Um, 
We, co- we come to meet you, Father, on mountaintops or in our quiet times. Those are, those are where you meet us, Father. And we kneel at your feet and we humbly accept your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.